0: hello and welcome to the 55th episode of the btf podcast that is the number one podcast for people who probably should talk about something other than football coming at you live on youtube uh, and also you may be listening on spotify and all other good podcast provider platforms Uh, we have a quartet today here on uh on the live stream i'm joined by johnny mills how are you john not too bad not too bad uh, how are you yeah I'm, I'm i'm good uh just getting uh ready for well let's not let's not even mention it today what's happening on thursday um we'll try and keep that out of the show uh i'm also joined by uh tom nuttle jones there in his liverpool shirt tom are you good
1: no neil yes i'm good thanks
0: excellent excellent and finally uh by mr greg tmr greg hollands um, what have you got behind you there, Greg?
2: I've got uh, the greatest man that's ever stepped foot on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. G-
0: Mr. G Bale um, no. there, who of course had a fantastic week, and we will be talking about that uh, later in the show. Uh, first up on the show, we're going to talk about the early kickoff today, uh, the 5.30 kickoff between Fulham uh oh it's over here don't even know what side it's on um <laughs> it fulham is. and west brom uh this game ended 2-0 to fulham uh, goals from uh bobby reed and uh ola aina um guys did you see the second goal ola aina's goal the absolute rocket that went in even the build up
2: play was pretty incredible
0: yeah like yeah a
1: back heel there's like a back heel 30 <laughs> yeah. the goal that just set the tone and then uh, just only went up from there
0: yeah yeah um so yeah three points uh in the bag for fulham uh it puts us up into 17th place um now i'm sure tom you would probably upset the same uh if the premier league was to end today and for them to lock in all the places of the teams um, we would be pretty happy with that 17th place. Uh, I think we've got four points in total now, and obviously that first win in the bag. Um, Greg's as well. <laughs> what's that?
1: Greg's a
2: green, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for Spurs, yeah, second Lovely place, nice. second place in the league. First, first time we've been in the top four since May 2019.
3: <laughs> He's counting the days,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, on a prison wall,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little chalk. A little yeah. piece of chalk. Um, yeah, Lester I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll I won't spend too long talking about the the Fulham game, but I mean, first of all, I would probably say it was a good performance by Fulham. It felt it did feel a lot like a, a kind of a high quality Championship game, um, and I think there certainly were still a lot of uh, a lot of problems, a lot of unforced errors and turnovers, which unfortunately for West Brom they're just not good enough to uh, to capitalize on. But I I i think you know had had the opponent been better today um we may have struggled a little bit more but um yeah some real positives in there as well um but i was just like my question i guess would be i I won't go on too much of a a monologue about it but like at the moment we we're only playing Mitrovic, kenny um and i think today harrison reed played 45 minutes bobby reed actually to be fair played about 60 minutes and, and he was in the team last year but um, should a team that gets promoted have to completely switch out that many players um, or is that you know is that just a, a red herring that or a red flag rather that we're probably uh, not in the best position to go to come into the Premier League do you think and and also to add on to that and I'm going to come to you first John um, is that demoralizing for the actual squad. So there's players like Michael Hector who are just kind of on the scrap heap now. Tim Ream, uh, Joe Bryan, they're they're probably not going to reclaim their places in that team. Um, What would that do to kind of squad morale um, in in the short term, at least?
3: It's a tricky one because you see this a lot, don't you? You see um, names are not springing to mind at the moment, but you see teams where in a championship they've got, like a squad and it's a championship squad, right? And they do well, they get promoted and then they get promoted to the Premier League and then half of the squad, if not more, don't play. Um, I think it works if the players you bring in um, do the business and you end up staying up, you know, you, you get a, a, you know, a, a good win, maybe against one of the top six, as it were, and then everyone starts thinking, right, we can stay in the league. When it doesn't work and those players you're bringing don't perform because maybe they haven't played in the Premier League either, you've maybe brought them from, you know, the Dutch League or, or, or somewhere and they don't perform. That's when I think you get this sort of unhappy camp where the players are, the original players are like, oh, hold on a minute, I, I got you here. Now you're playing, you know, this John Doe over here who's not performing any 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 better than what I would be performing um and then I think that's when you start to get unrest and things like that so I, I think when, when when the results are working you can't you can't be on you can't be unhappy if you're getting the results and you're not in the squad you've got to be a team player you've got to be happy you've got to knuckle down and try and force your way into the squad take your opportunities in the league cup etc but yeah when it's not working it could <laughs> go sour really quickly yeah uh any thoughts
0: on that from uh, Greg and Tom
1: yeah, I mean, I, I think back to when I was working on the championship and the one year that I was working on it, the two uh, teams that went up, one of them was Bournemouth. And Bournemouth got promoted from the championship with a League One squad and then hardly made any additions to it when they are in the Prem, so they kind of went up all the way up. But I think they are almost the exception. Um, they they found this team of players that knew knew each other so well and they just basically kept the same 11 from League One and then all the way up to the Prem. Um, and only added like one or two players to the starting 11 through that time. But that's a, that's a massive exception. I think you're always going to have to try and improve the squad when you come up. And also like the managers, obviously you got that Premier League money. Suddenly he's going to like, his eyes are lighting up on it. Like anyone's going to be the same. I think last year Villa got a lot of sticks. They just completely revamped the squad. Um, and only just survived. I think when Leeds uh, this summer spent a lot of money, everyone was like, oh, they're doing a Villa. They're going to struggle. But it just completely depends on the business that you do.
2: Greg yeah uh, yeah I think I think that there's no um, set way of doing it I think they're the levels are such a world apart but then you see you know the system at uh, Sheffield United last season did brilliantly I don't think they had a particularly busy summer uh, not that I knew and now look at them in this season it, it just seems to have absolutely petered out for them uh, I think that it can be a bit bittersweet if you're coming up from the championship to the Premier League and you're you know some players just aren't up to it and you've just got to measure up what's better for the team or your own career it's yeah i can imagine it being a tough predicament for sure for any manager but this wins huge for fulham i think the spirit will be lifted scott parker it's a big weight off of his chest for sure
0: i I guess um another question as well is uh we're, we're up into 17th now uh with burnley sheffield united and west brom uh below us uh can we pull off what some people i think have thought was the impossible and actually survived this year um just a yes or a no um actually not a can it's a will will <laughs> will we pull it off because i think the the can is is obvious we we obviously can um but will we uh pull that off and i'll come back i'll go john tom and then greg so john one word answer no yeah no <laughs> uh tom no and Greg, sorry, damn, fuck you. <laughs> <are>. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we'll come back to this uh, later in the season, um, and we'll see uh, who, who was right and who was wrong.
2: It depends if Ollie stays in a job at United. He might take that space for you. Might just... You think he'll come down yeah. as our, he may yeah. be our star striker. Um, <laughs> that's, an
0: amazing,
1: that's an amazing segue. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good
0: segue uh, on to um, what was probably the standout fixture of the weekend. If you saw the fixtures um, certainly going into the weekend, you would have said, you know, Man United, Arsenal. At Old Trafford, this is one of the kind of the classic blockbusters of the Premier League era. Um you would have been really excited for it you would have thought maybe there'll be goals flying in left right center some good attacking football didn't quite play out that way um John tell us a little bit about what happened in the game what was the result um
3: well, Bamiyang, you know he's getting a lot of stick he hadn't scored in a few games, but you know when it mattered, the big players they step up they take those penalties and they and they don't miss um yeah the game was <laughs> I wouldn't say it was disappointing. Um, I watched it. It was quite tactical. I, it was, I think it was better than the main United-Chelsea game, I must say. Um, but it was a little bit of a standoff where I, I think both teams... I think United didn't really want to lose the game. I think United... Arsenal dominated. Um, but they also um, kind of didn't overcommit sometimes like they usually do, which I thought was good. I think they had good balance. I think Partey was excellent Elneny looks like a 40 million pound signing now um you know <laughs>
0: Did you see that clip of him like
3: uh chasing down the ball at the end like 91st minute pressing yeah was, yeah 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 Proper screening and pressing yeah like, you know I was I think I was applauding that I must say um because yeah no nah, it was it was a good performance on Arsenal I don't remember us being cut open I didn't I don't remember being worried at all um when Cavani came on, I thought, oh, you can see it like, written in the stars. You're like, oh, bloody hell, like, he'll, he'll get the equaliser. But the way they played when he came on, they just looked disjointed. They just mm-hmm. looked lost. And I just thought, no, Arsenal are going to see this one out. I'll tell you what I did really worry is when I saw Mustafi. And I couldn't find my phone. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to put it in the WhatsApp group. At that time, I was like, oh, it's going to be 1-1. Mustafi's coming on. But I, I lost my phone briefly. And so I never said it. But yeah, when, when I saw him running on, I thought, oh, no. penalty. he's going to give a penalty away.
0: It was an um, odd, odd substitution. Who did he? Who did he come odd. on He's for got, at
3: um, that point? It was late as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a um, Tierney
0: or someone? Or?
3: No, it was an attacking player. Um, was, was it? Was either, it? was a Bamiyang. Okay. Yeah, Bamiyang got yellow carded. Oh um, yeah, because he um, walked off. Yeah, yeah, he took his time, and I was just like, oh man, like there's no threat now going forward. So United are just going to be ultra attack. I, I don't, I don't like that substitution um, that managers make. Obviously, they get paid millions of pounds more to me they're, they're more highly qualified but that's just a substitution i really hate when you know say you're, you're trying to hold on to a one nil like say use uh, gregory of say spurs and you take off say son and kane or something can bring on two defenders that well, we just says, on, yeah, come we, and attack us
2: yeah we, we put on ben davis with like five minutes left on center back it's like what the fuck do you think they're doing <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I don't like that. But no, overall, I can't be disappointed. I think the standout players for me were Thomas Partey and um, Mahmoud El Neny. I thought that they really bossed that midfield. They made Pogba look like he cost twelve pence, um, you know. And, and um, you know, I think they bossed the game. And I think we deserved it. I think anything other than the three points for Arsenal that day would have been uh, would have been unfair.
0: Tom, do you agree with that? Uh, and particularly comments about Pogba and the Man United midfield at the moment.
1: Yeah, I didn't see much of the game, um, unfortunately, but I think definitely the, the conversations that I've seen about Pogba recently and the way that he's playing for for a player with such pedigree and such obvious quality and who they paid so much for, you know, he's a World Cup winner and yet they've managed to um, spend, th- how long has he been at the club? Like three, four years? and yeah. Like since he's returned and they're still not quite sure how to get the best out of him. Um, they've put another, you know, obviously really talented player, in Fernandez next to him, and that now they've got some sort of like Gerard Lampard situation where they're like, can yeah. they play together? How do they complement each other? You know, they're talking about putting Pogba out on the wing, um, again, like <laughs> very similar to like the Gerard yeah. Lampard situation of old. And it's just like, how do you get into this situation when you spent so much on a player that he's that he's still a question mark? Um, he he obviously is talented, so you kind of have to go back to the manager.
0: John's just saying his internet's dropping out a bit at the moment. There he is. He's back. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. No. I, <laughs> That's what happened there? Did I, I freeze? I, I, I can. Com- yeah. Yeah. You did. Yeah, okay, I cool. completely agree about that. Like that, you have got a bit of a Gerard Lampard, or there is a bit of a Gerard Lampard situation between those two. Um, and I was actually quite surprised when he took Fernandez off and left Pogba on because I, I, I would have done the other. I would have done the opposite. I thought. I thought Pogba just didn't look with it in that game um and this guy you know he's such an exciting player um when he's at the top of his game and he's clearly one of the you know probably top at least top 10 midfielders in the world probably higher maybe um if he's playing at the absolute peak of his game um but at the moment he just i don't know he just, he, he, he looked disinterested and I, I hate to say that about players um when you know you don't you don't know what it's very hard to it's very easy to put like a mentality onto a player um just from like a body language expert (laughs) yeah exactly exactly but i did think he he just didn't quite look up for it um and i guess if you look at his opposite number um in that game which was well maybe el nene but probably thomas Partey, um who i like the fact he's wearing thomas on the back of his shirt as well i think That's new. I don't think he had Thomas on the back of his Madrid shirt, but I may be wrong. Um, Thomas Partey had a very good game. I think he got a lot of praise from uh, Roy King. We've lost John again very briefly. Um, But Greg, (laughs) is Thomas Partey suddenly kind of looking worth that money, that £45 million uh, price tag?
2: I think it can be, yeah. I think he's going to be a really important player for Arsenal. I think he's a great bit of business, for sure. It shows the... Uh, ambition that Arteta's got. I think that Arteta could be quite um, an exciting project. I think I just want to pick up on something John said earlier about United's attitude towards the game. He said that United looked like they didn't want to lose that game. And I think that perfectly surmises the whole attitude of United. Then they're looking a bit toothless in the league. We can say that. I think the attitude is now just if we can secure top four. But just don't lose this game. Just don't lose that mm. next game. Don't... This is not the United that we're used to. And I think it, it perfectly encapsulates that whole game, really.
0: Yeah. I actually felt sorry for... So Donny van der Beek got, what, maybe like 20 minutes in that game? Um, and I was just thinking, like, you know, if you look at the movement in the Ajax team that he's come from and the synergy between all, all, all the players and the, and the passing style and, the you know, the triangles and everything, like... It just not it's just not there at man United at the moment and I know in some games it might be um, the Europa League game in the in the week where they won five nil yeah sure they, they they played it off the park in on that occasion um, but there just doesn't seem to be a consistent Manchester United club brand or club whatever like uh playing style um, and I think that's really holding them back at the moment because pretty much you know even down to you know you'd say Leicester have a very clear playing style Wolves have a very clear playing style Crystal Palace have a very clear playing style like 15 16 17 whatever teams in the Premier League have a clear game plan that you kind of you one you know what it is but also it's it's relatively unplayable whereas Manchester United I couldn't really tell you what their playing style is it's kind of give it to the player that might be on form that day um which could be rashford on one occasion could be martial on one occasion could be fernandez but i don't know like there's a lot missing there and it's certainly uh it's a troubling time so that brings us on to the the question the big question is you know and we we've had this a couple of episodes ago we discussed the same thing does ollie keep his job still like you know when when what is too much you know when when is breaking point um for between him and ed woodward or him and the glaciers whatever like whoever's making that decision it's probably even him and alex ferguson i would think ferguson probably has a lot of say in that situation um and i'll come to the liverpool fan here uh, on the show who, who probably you know has as much interest in it as as anyone else but yeah tom when when is that breaking point and you know is there anything comparable in Liverpool's recent history as to like kind of where Man United are at the moment? Is there a time from Liverpool's last 15 years that you can remember, like they kind of hit a brick wall and they're just not, not going
1: anywhere. I think Man United are reliving Liverpool's like nine, you know, 1990s. I think, you know, there's, Perhaps, perhaps in terms of the personnel in, in charge at the moment, you know, Solshire, you'd compare it more to the, you know, Kenny Dalglish's second mm-hmm. spell, and there were sort of reluctance to get rid of, you know, someone who's thought of very fondly at the club. Yeah. But, um, I remember seeing this great clip online of a, a Liverpool fan, Man United fan talking, and the the Liverpool fan said, "You just don't understand how easily it can happen. Like once you start falling off the top." You just assume you're too big to, for it to happen to you, but it can, and that is what's happening to United. And um, you know, it's, it was heartwarming earlier for, for you to say that they uh, they played a European game and assumed it was in the Europa League because that's that's kind of the, the level that they they seem to be at now. It's just like
0: it was Champions League,
1: yeah, Champions, yeah, yeah. you know, Champions Who League. Who was and, the opponent? Who did they play in the week? Uh, Leipzig this week.
0: Leipzig, okay, which is um, a good top of Bundesliga. Yeah, way. I yeah. mean,
1: fair play yeah. to them. I think, I think those, <laughs> I think those results in, um, in Europe, they're they're sort of punching to a more traditional Man United weight. Yeah. Um, when they're getting those results against PSG and Leipzig, and that, I think those results will keep uh, Solskjaer going uh, if he can keep those up. You know, I mean. They won't put up with him being fifteenth for too long, but while he's smashing it in Europe, I think definitely it'll it'll last a little bit longer. As I was saying in the group chat to you guys the other day, I mean, as much as I'm enjoying it, it's it's wild to watch the likes of Neville and, and Keane defend him. Um and it, it is really taking the pressure off Solskjaer. Um Long may it continue, to be fair, but I don't I don't think it will.
0: Yeah. I mean John, is there anyone you know in in a, in a hypothetical situation or a, a almost probable situation that that Solskjaer is out of a job by let's say January or maybe a little bit after that? Is there is there anyone that you can think of that might be kind of worthy of that job or that would take on that job at this point? Um, it's got
3: to be Pochettino. Yeah, Poch. Um, would that be I all mean, right? That's, Greg? What, <laughs> that's the what that's what that's what that's what the fans are calling for.
2: Okay, my thing with that is, he would be perfect. No one asks the question, would Pochettino want that job? Mm. Does he want that job? Does he want to deal with the the board up top? I mean, Ollie's a yes man, so he's going along with it. He's absolutely fine. Uh, They got rid of Jose because he was causing problems with them and chatting shit about them as he does. Pochettino, he he can do a lot with very little, as as we've seen at Southampton and and indeed Tottenham. I mean, he's doing the Monday night football today. He looks good. He looks happy. He doesn't need that. I mean, he wants to get back into management, but I mean, I don't know if he'd want the Manchester United job. It's a bit of a poison chalice at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take a huge personality, you know, similar to Klopp being a huge personality, coming in and, and changing a, a club like I feel like he has done with Liverpool. I would you say United are in a worse position than maybe Liverpool were under Brendan Rodgers before Clock came in, Tom?
1: Yeah, I think they are worse because at least, at least under Rodgers, we'd like nearly won the league a couple of years before, and then obviously the wheels came off completely. Yeah. Um, whereas Man United haven't looked anywhere near since Ferguson left I mean obviously they finished second under Mourinho and everyone laughed when he said that it was his greatest achievement (laughs) and actually it's looking truer and truer um so yeah to be honest I think I think they probably are in a worse position um yeah
0: Yeah, fair enough yes
1: I mean it's it's apples and oranges isn't it but
0: yeah um it's not actually in the uh in our, our show notes for today but um the president-elect or the guy that's sort of going to take over, um, well, one of the guys that's running for the presidency of Barcelona. Did you see his comments about bringing Pep uh, back in to manage uh, Barcelona next year? And
2: by the summer, I called it last week.
0: <laughs> think he could be tempted?
1: Oh, 100%. Of course he will. Yeah. Absolutely. Those, um, those presidential things are wild. It's like they actually have to like you know, do a manifesto and say yeah. who they're going to sign and who they're going to bring in. Um So you always get these, you always get these little things of like, oh, I'm going to bring in Beckham. I'm going to bring in Ronaldinho. Yeah. Obviously that's, that's how that happens. Um, John Aldinho. It's probably, it's yeah. probably, it's probably <laughs> completely empty. It's, <laughs> em- it's probably completely empty. That was my bid. The- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't quite managed to put it through yet, but. <laughs> Single vote. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, if I was running for president, that's for, for, for Barca. that's probably the first thing I'd say I'm going to bring in Pep. Ooh. So.
2: Yeah, I see yeah. Pep going, and then Pochettino sliding into the city one, and will fucking rage, and I'm so <laughs> ready for it. Can you imagine?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll see about that one. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the uh, Liverpool game, which was on Saturday. Uh, a two-one victory over West Ham. They did go one 0 down in this game. A um, little bit of kind of. Uh, yeah, shaky ground early on, but they pulled it back uh, to take the take the two one win in the end. Uh, Diego Jota scored the winner, is that right? That's right. Yeah, um, and... had one
1: disallowed just before, and then
0: yeah, yeah. He he's looking um, he's looking like another great Klopp signing at the moment. Happy with him so uh, far, Tom?
1: Yeah, I don't think anyone thought like, what's that about completely when we signed him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the maybe the fee was quite a little bit high, but it's already looking. More and more like it was a reasonable price to pay. Um, and now people are like, as much as I love him, people are sort of clamoring for him to break up the, the famous
3: threat. front
1: three and get and get Firmino out. Um, Do has, it. Look, yeah, Do it. I mean, he's looked you know, I love Firmino, and I will still like go with the what what a lot a lot of Liverpool fans will you know defend him with, which is that he, despite his lack of goals, he obviously. Does a lot for the team um, and brings uh, Mane and Salah into the to the game a lot. But there's there's no reason why Jota can't do that as well. And obviously he's got the goals to boot. Um, so you got you know you got to have a, a meritocracy in your squad and bring people in who are on form. Uh, and that's what he's doing. And and uh, another player I'd like to talk about is uh, Jadon Um Came on. I think the way that he plays and the way that we play, I I don't think he's ever going to be a starting option for us. Um, I don't see him being able to press for 90 minutes and probably the majority of games that he started for us, he has has looked pretty ropey. But as an impact player, um, he's just been sensational in the last couple of games when we've been struggling, one in the Champions League in midweek and and now this one. uh, Pretty much doing the same identical sort of reverse pass uh, one was like a little pre-assist for Trent and then in this game just through the legs uh great vision and just what a, you know what a great option to have off the bench and really glad that he stayed as well
0: yeah yeah I, I really I really rate Shakiri. um isn't he one of the few players with a World Cup hat-trick or something in the maybe yeah, the yeah. only player with a World Cup hat-trick in the Premier League I'm not sure um but yeah, I know he's one of those like odd trivia things, isn't he? Yeah, a good trivia a, guy. A hat trick in a World Cup. But yeah, certainly um, I think you could say they're kind of riding out a bit of a storm at the moment, Liverpool, in ter- in terms of, you know, the the injury troubles you've got. Um, but yeah, back on top of the league. Uh, Greg, have you been impressed with, uh, with Liverpool lately or you think there's some frailty there? that Tottenham can capitalise on?
2: I've, I've not been surprised with Liverpool. I mean, they are a team that to till, till the 90th minute you're going to have to work against. Um, I think that yeah, there could be frailties there. I think that there's a lot in uh, that article I sent in a group chat a couple of weeks ago about um, the the coffee theory. Uh, I think we have to put it as in the podcast. The last two years they've been on absolute fire because of caffeine and coffee and uh, maybe this season will be a bit of fallow year, but I don't know. I think the the clock mentality <laughs> could uh, definitely United. carry But I think that um, Van Dijk at the back, missing him, will be huge. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if in January they go and spend on a centre back. Yeah. Can, so. But yeah, no, Tottenham, we're winning it all, lad.
0: John, any comments on that? In his dreams, mate. In his dreams. <laughs> there we go. Uh we'll move on to uh the next game which actually is uh Tottenham's 2-1 win against uh against Brighton. So Tottenham go 1-0 up in this game uh and then there was a pretty dodgy equalizer. Um Greg.
2: Yeah, the thing okay, so the problem is, is that the Harry Kane instant in the match and the one that followed the match which I'm sure we'll get onto at some point has sort of overshadowed how shit of a referee Graham Scott was in that game. Um, it was a really bizarre game. We didn't particularly play very well. Uh, Gareth Bell, incredible goal, uh, you know, absolutely brilliant substitution there. Um, the two penalty decisions, uh, uh, wait, was it, it wasn't a penalty the second one, was it? Oh, it was, wasn't it? I missed it. It was a penalty.
0: Wait, the what, the Brighton goal?
2: writing goal
0: no it was I think it was an open play but there was a foul oh yeah that was it in the build up Um,
2: yeah that I don't understand how he was a couple of metres in front of it looking at the ball when it happened and then had to go to VIR and they suggested to go and watch the monitor which is sort of a little bit of a we've seen something in this you go and check it stood there for about six years and then gave the goal anyway (laughs) I don't really understand the thinking behind that and uh, I don't know. You, you, what do we all think about the Harry Kane incident? Do we think, first of all, my question to you all is, is that a foul? Is Harry Kane looking for it? And was it inside the box?
0: Is, this is Harry Kane and Adam Lallana? Yes, yeah. Which is, this? is this what led to the penalty? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll come to Tom on this one, because I think Tom's probably got more to say about it than me.
1: Yeah I mean you're always taught in those or like just from playing you know from those situations where like one guy doesn't jump and the other guy jumps it's the guy who stayed like on his feet Mm -hmm. who's given who gives away the foul because it's really dangerous to let someone go over you like that and that's something that that he has done more than once and like that that's not important in this situation but I don't think it should have been a foul. I think it should have been a foul the other way because it is incredibly dangerous to have someone go over the top of you, potentially like fall on your head or neck. Yeah. Um, I've only seen one angle of it, so I don't, I I can't really weigh in much on whether it's in the box or not. But yeah, from the from the views I've seen, it, it should have definitely been a foul the other way.
3: Yeah, John. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the views I've seen, he's playing for it. He's playing for a foul, over in the box or out of the box, um, and yeah, no, he's he's it's it's clever play because it's it's down to interpretation of the ref. And I think a lot of the times they the refs do get that wrong. You see it a lot where the player doesn't jump. He kind of just backs in, sort of leans over a bit, no. and then it looks as it looks as if, from the referee's angle or point of view, that the defender already. The yeah, player, the player that's jumped for the ball, has used that player bending over as leverage for height. When really he's just looking at the ball and jumping and the players backed off into him. Um, fair play to him. I mean, the only yeah, the only negative is yeah. I mean, if he keeps doing it, someone's going to really yeah um, hurt themselves. Um, but I mean, listen, I'm not going to be complaining if he's doing that at a World Cup or a Euros. I must say. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, if he does that, if he does that to Gabriel. Uh, the north yeah, london derby yeah, or something yeah, yeah. i'll be i'll be driving to his house <laughs> i mean it, that's the thing isn't it it's if if a it's a
0: player safety issue probably at the root of it um i think those types of you know gamesmanship things of of winning winning free kicks and you know there are certain areas where you know you can back into a player and and maybe they're only jumping like a foot off the ground but when um is literally like three or four feet in the air um if that was in rugby uh, that's why my my kind of comparison would be if that was in rugby that would probably be given as a a a yellow card and like a sin bin offense um for harry kane uh for kind of you know dangerously um putting a putting another player at risk and it would be the same call in 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 like ice hockey or something like that as well um so i don't know maybe there there is some room to kind of review those instances and I, I i would like to see more retrospective um action taken in the premier league for stuff like that um you know whether there was like a player safety um board or committee or something like that that actually could retrospectively take action on on things like that where you know in in the heat at the moment it's quite difficult to to see all those things and when the referee is over there looking at a little monitor on the side of the pitch does he see the eyes looking at Lalana before he goes in does he see exactly where it is you know all of, all of this stuff whereas actually if you if you can go over those things and maybe you know issue a one game ban or a fine or some sort of chari- charitable donation or something like you can slowly edge those things out of at least the top flight um you're never going to get them out of like all the way down to grassroots like in any time in any time soon but um yeah you know sooner or later someone's going to land on their head and never play a game of football again and if it was harry kane that that happened to tom would probably argue that he, he wouldn't get much backlash from the from the media um he does get a little bit of an easy ride maybe as 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 England's star striker and, and number one. Um, Greg, you mentioned an, an incident off the pitch with Harry Kane after?
2: Yeah, so basically on uh, ESPN sports broadcasting it's um two um don't even know what to call them, two not professionals, not pundits, two people in front of cameras. Um, basically our peers. <laughs> <laughs> our peers definitely not our peers but that um, basically just slagging off Harry Kane so that okay so it, it's now come out that it was uh, leaked and it was um, to be edited out and not used because it was a shit take and basically this guy starts talking about Harry Kane because he's just entered into the top 10 Premier League goal scorers incredible celebration I think you can put club politics apart that is an incredible achievement for an athlete at that point and as a pundit you've got a sort of um responsibility to present that and talk about the statistics and how good that is as a player but this bloke he sat there stooped i've seen more energy from levi i'll tell
3: you that much he sat there <laughs> tom's face <laughs> <laughs> he's there and john's not interested I've, I've, uh, no i've frozen i've frozen all oh, right or internet.
2: And he's talking about it and then he does a shit take and he's like, oh no, forget that, forget that, do that again. And then what I think she says, uh, why are we having to talk about this motherfucker again? And then the uh, producer says his voice is the only thing uh, Hmm. interesting about him. And then Mark Ogden says, should I do it in the style of Harry Kane? Should I do it in his voice? And they all just sort of do a little bit of that. And I think that it's unprofessional as anything, and it's just Harry Kane is a role model for English football players and English uh, kids all over. But especially if you've got uh, a speech impediment as Harry Kane or anything like that. And if you see that clip, that's very disheartening for you, I imagine. The, then the icing on the cake is the apologies that they've put out saying that it's a, a accidental clip that shouldn't have gone out. And we're truly sorry you're not sorry you said, if you were sorry, you wouldn't have said it. You're sorry that it got leaked and people have seen it and they've seen the frauds that you are and the fact that you should resign right now, but you haven't. The woman tweeted out a thing, but she turned the comments off.
0: Yeah, turning comments off is always a a bit of a... Cowardly choice. Yeah, grey area, you don't want to be doing that. Um, It's an admission of guilt uh yeah i mean it's it's yeah not not a pretty it's not a good look for uh for espn um and i'm sure that there'll probably be more um fallout to come uh from that incident but yeah certainly um within sports broadcasting there's there's no place for for that kind of uh kind of blatant bullying or or you know that's that's essentially what
1: it is
3: uh, kind of takes me back to um, yeah. Don't know if you guys remember the Marcel Desailly one. With yeah, I was Ron just going to say that Ron Atkinson. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean... and he hasn't.
1: That's the thing. I mean, it's obviously it's a bit more. It's you know, I think most people say it's a bit more serious what he said. But the point is, he hasn't worked in football. He hasn't mm. been really been a pundit ever again, and that was about two
3: thousand and three. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think it was during uh, Chelsea's first sort of run in the in the Champions League. So. um yeah, these these I think it's a disgrace. I, you know, no one would collect, call me Harry Kane's biggest fan, but i fully like defend him on this. Like, it's a disgrace. And I think, as someone said in the group chat earlier, the number of people who would kill to be in that job, working for ESPN, and they're, you know, just being so unprofessional, just completely wasting that opportunity. That position, you know, that uh, prioritized you know, privileged position that they're in. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a disgrace
0: yeah no we'll uh we'll see next week if there's uh any any more movement on that story um next up then well let's we'll quickly mention we didn't really touch on on gareth bale but uh a great winner in that game good header um is he going to score is that the first of many can you see him starting yeah games?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's starting on thursday against Ludogorets, and i think that um he'll be fired up for it yeah uh, I, I i can see that he him and jose i think will I reckon that they've got quite a good relationship behind the scenes. Um, they've spoken quite positively about each other this week, and I think that once that clicks, and I think that this is the first part of the click, uh, we're going to see a, a very exciting Gareth Bale. Yeah, I'm worried.
3: I am worried. <laughs> yeah. I must say, I
0: I feel like I've I've been finding myself. I mean, I've not been watching him. I've not been watching Spurs games in like ultra HD or anything like that. I'm watching it like on pretty ropey. Um, Well, I'm watching it on TV. I'm not watching it on streams, but um, just in like standard definition, I've actually been finding it quite difficult to spot Gareth Bale on the pitch. Um, And I don't know whether this is because a lot of the players in the Madrid teams that he played in were a bit smaller. So you like Modric, Isco, Marcelo. (laughs) Um, But I felt like Gareth Bale looks a lot smaller than he used to be. He looks like he's a good, like, Four or five inches smaller than I remember him, but I think it might just be that Spurs have a team of particularly kind of physical big players. Um, but I don't know. I don't know whether anyone if that's just a kind of a, a flippant observation or anyone else has sort of met, uh, noticed that a little bit. He doesn't. He is
2: the only man I see on the pitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't need height when you're levitating. Is that right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well. I think it's the
1: i think it's the number nine you know you're not used to seeing that
0: yeah it might be it's those two they do say vertical stripes are slimming so when you're wearing uh, number <laughs> yeah. 11 it might make you look <laughs> a bit taller um so there we go we'll move on from that so we've got uh everton uh are no longer top of the league they're no longer the uh the hot talk of the prem uh They fell victim to a 2-1 defeat at St. James's Park to Steve Bruce's Bastards. Um, (laughs) A late goal from Calvert-Lewin. So really, it was almost a 2-0 defeat. They kind of struggled, I think, since that Liverpool game. Uh, And John, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, Is this just a blip in what is going to still be a season to remember? Or are they kind of slipping back into their natural position in the Premier League, which is kind of a top mid-table team?
3: Um, I think it's a blip. I'm, I'm, I'm back to Everton from, from the from first few games when I saw them play. Um, and I'm still backing them to at least get in the top five. I think once they uh, get Hammers back, I think he makes them tick. I know that he did get a lot of the initially, but then I think people started looking at the core and, and Allen and, and stuff. But I think you need that player to to just see a quick pass and to speed things up in the final third and to kind of see things that other players don't see. And that's that's what you pay your money for, you know. Um and uh I think he's got that. I just think Richarlison as well. I think Richarlison and and Hammers, I think when they come back. I think they'll, um, they'll click back into gear. I think with Charleston, I think if anyone watched the match of the day, I think they covered it quite well that without him, like, you know, calvert doesn't have enough space. He, um, he creates a lot of space. He's almost like a sacrificial lamb for the team. Mm-hmm. He just runs all the channels and creates space for other people. Um, and I think once he's back, I think they just look more dynamic uh, with him in the team. And I, I think they'll, I think, I, I think they got United next. I think that, that, that might be a tricky one um you know no matter what we say about united they're not you know they've got enough in their squad to kind of turn it around um and and, and and perform in this game so that could be a tough one for everton but I think you know once Charleston comes back and that I think i think they'll come good again
0: yeah yeah I certainly think you know he he's the player that that makes those runs in behind as well and then you've got James is the guy that plays those balls through to find the guy running in behind so without those two in the team yeah there's definitely a a, a huge kind of dimension to their um their playbook is is gone um you mentioned there, Everton Man United that is the Saturday lunchtime game um Tom what's your thoughts on on Everton at this point obviously it's probably quite nice for you to see them topple uh, off the the top of the league and, and be replaced by yourselves um but do you think they've still got quite a lot to offer this year in the premier league
1: yeah i don't think they're gonna totally like bomb uh, or revert to like a, an everton of old i do i do think that they have uh, something extra this year um yeah as as john said the the um the loss of Richarlison, I think Richarlison during their like good form in the first few games of the season almost flew under the radar because mm. obviously they had all these new signings and also Calvert-Lewin, who was obviously already there, but scoring all the goals. Um, so it's quite nice to at least see that something that happened during the Merseyside derby has actually gone on to like hurt Everton a little bit because uh, obviously they have really missed him. Um, but I could see them getting a result against United, 100%. Is it...? what is it uh, it's at goodison park that's uh, a goodison. Okay, yeah yeah so um was no, it you know Sorry. obviously Ancelotti's an incredible manager and and they have just taken taken their squad up a notch so yeah i'd be very surprised if if they didn't get back to what they were doing at least something close to what they were doing pretty much straight away as soon as they got those two back
0: yeah um obviously Hammers carrying an injury, a, a testicular injury, apparently. Um, was it ever confirmed that that was a result of that Van Dyke challenge at the start of the Derby, or was it? Was that? Did that aggravate a, a long ongoing injury, or or what? Because I know Ancelotti had made comments um, about the fact that he had sustained the injury during that game. Um, was that anyone had anything confirmed there? Greg's got a bit of a smirk going on. I'm Might salad, just be the mention man. of testicles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I
2: speak I'm
0: in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> if I speak I'm in big trouble, yeah. Um yeah, well we'll we'll move on. But yeah, Everton, where do they sit now in the table? Is it is it fourth? Um obviously would be behind Liverpool and uh Spurs, I'm just looking up the table. Uh, third so everton on 13 points the same as wolves and southampton southampton i think are getting a rough ride on the the btf podcast because we're not talking about them much but they are oh, they deserve <laughs> <laughs> they deserve <laughs> as much coverage at the moment as uh, as everton they've been superb uh, as of late and it seems to be them uh, and you know maybe maybe everton but certainly Southampton seem to be a team that can steal points from anyone at the moment um, I, think,
1: I think with uh, Leicester, Leicester obviously winning at half time 2-0 at the moment um, that's likely to change obviously Everton drop into fourth probably
0: oh, and Spurs uh, go down to
1: third Spurs go down to third but um, still I think yeah they're still in within like three points at the top so it's really tight
0: mm. yeah very close uh Premier League this season I hope it goes on that way as well I hope yeah, we do have so. like this open you know 10 whatever 10 teams can win it at Christmas uh situation that we that we're getting at the moment um
2: it won't be like last season it won't be like a runaway will probably be like lowest points tally and very very close
0: yeah I, I I hope so um you mentioned there the the late kickoff tonight uh two nil at half time to Leicester uh Harvey Barnes and uh Yuri Tillmans I think Jamie Vardy's picked up two assists um Harvey Barnes in my fantasy football uh team so ka I also had two assists from <laughs> Mitrovic this evening uh, which is also uh, going to go down nicely um let's move on to our next topic uh which is that of Chelsea's defense um <laughs> and the fact that they're coming off the back now of four clean sheets. They've had the BTF bump. Um, we slagged them off. We said that Frank doesn't know how to defend, that they're leaky at the back. Um, and I think since those words um, were said on the BTF <laughs> podcast, they've not conceded a single uh, goal. Uh, Edward Mendy, uh, I think, is the first uh, goalkeeper, or at least first Chelsea goalkeeper, to get three consecutive clean sheets in his first three Premier League games since Petr Cech uh, back in 2004 uh, who happens to be on the bench as well or at least in the playing squad uh, for Chelsea this year um, was interesting to see Branislav Ivanovic as well playing for West Brom today um, some of these players you can't believe that they're actually kind of still around in the Premier League I think Ivanovic is a few years uh, younger than Petr Cech, mind but yeah does Frank as Frank kind of found the winning formula, and is, is that a kind of Mourinho strategy to to lock everything down at the back and then build up from there? And do you think that's what he's going to be doing? I'll come to you, uh, Greg, on this one.
2: I think Mendy's been a huge signing that they really needed. Kepper obviously just wasn't doing the, doing the job for them. Uh, what, what did he cost? 70 million, Kepper 71, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, incredible um yeah i mean fair play you can't argue with four clean sheets i mean we've only recorded one this whole season out of 12 games we've played now ditto yes
0: yeah. <laughs> um,
2: so yeah fair play you can't argue with it i think i think the, the test for frank lampard i think this season he gets a bit of a well he's getting a free pass from a lot of chelsea fans because he's the chelsea man and all of that but i think this season as soon as long as they're seeing little bits of progress like that he'll take over But there will come a time where it's like, all right, clean sheets are all right, but where's the trophy coming from? Um, I think it's a good start for him, though. As soon as he can get those players, because it's an incredible squad that he's got, really. Mm. As soon as he can get them to gel, I think they are a very dangerous prospect. And this is a really positive start for for Chelsea fans to see.
0: How good, uh, and I'm going to come to you on this, Tom, uh, as you're sort of our, our resident German football expert, how good is Pulisic?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's got a lot of explosiveness. I think he's been. He's, there's still some question marks over him. I think, you know, to succeed at Chelsea, you have to be as good, if not better, than what you know. To how good you have to be to succeed at Dortmund, and he was being kept out of the Dortmund team. by the time he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Sancho which is obviously no no shame in that, but. Um, whether or not he's the finished product, I think quite a few t- quite a few of the games that he was succeeding in uh, last season, he was like coming off the bench, a bit of an impact player, um, which I think sort of requires a different mentality and a different, almost a different skill set to to just being a regular starter and producing consistently. Um, but it's definitely, you know, you wouldn't call him a dud at this stage. Um, so he's, you know, the jury's out, I guess
0: yeah i mean he, he's he got he's obviously got his injury problems picked up a, a a knock in or it wasn't even a knock it was a he, he sort of picked up on his own in in the warm-up for the Burnley game um at the weekend but yeah they got weapons uh sort of throughout that team um Zayech has kind of come come you know hit the ground running as such john
3: yeah no he looked really good um both in midweek and on uh on Saturday, um, looked really, really good. I think uh, what uh, Greg said hitting in on the head, I think once they start gelling, I mean, they've got so much firepower and, and you could already see signs of it. Yes, they played uh, Burnley, who uh, are struggling at the moment, but you can see just the way they're playing, the way that it's almost like we're talking about Arsenal and, and like they have some kind of strategy and me and United don't. You can see Chelsea do like in, in the way they want to play. They've got good players. They want to play good football. Um, I think his goal was really good—the one-touch play, the, the little layoff from Abraham. Um, I just think he's got a lot of good players, and it just—it just takes time to gel um, when when you make so many signings. Um, but once they all gel, I, I think they'll definitely be a force to be reckoned with. I wouldn't put it past them making an, an assault on the league. I must say.
0: Mm. Um, I mean, he's a player that we specifically spoke about when um, saying that you know Chelsea were were no good in the league, and I'm just looking at the statistics for Thiago Silva. Um, his Premier League debut, um, so his his Chelsea debut was against Barnsley in the League Cup, which was a six nil win. We can kind of discount that, you know, whatever it's it's Chelsea versus Barnsley. But then his Premier League debut was against West Brom, um, which was the game that was three uh, all. Obviously, not a good debut, but that since then um, he's played uh four lots of of 90 minutes and not conceded a single goal um obviously those games have been against palace um sevilla man united and burnley now i think three of those not to be mean to burnley but three of those you could definitely say that you would you'd probably expect chelsea to concede a goal um based on the last few seasons. I know it coincides with Edouard Mendy um, dropping in in goal there as well. Um, But I think that's something that we're going to have to watch this year is that actually Thiago Silva might be a little bit better than we all gave him credit for um, back sort of three or four podcasts ago. Um, And yeah, if you you keep, you know, racking up clean sheets like that, um, you know, the stats speak for themselves. So yeah, I think Chelsea probably slowly kind of getting into quite a good position to to mount some sort of charge on the league but again it's so open at this point and there's so many players and there's so many teams that that can uh challenge for this league that it's a, it's a really exciting year i think for the premier league um any closing thoughts on chelsea from you greg
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nah no, not really Relevant. <laughs> Who's the best team in London at the moment, Tom? As an as an objective uh, outsider.
1: Tottenham at the moment are the best team in London. <laughs> but
0: good job at John's internet's playing up. Cur- He's not heard you say. I can't <laughs> hear you. I can't hear you. I haven't <laughs> frozen. On current <laughs> form.
1: But I, I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it past them to finish third place in a london mini league by the end of the year
3: mm.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, what are we doing? yeah well we'll we'll see we'll see where that goes uh let's do um our social media roundup then um for the show today and uh, we'll go back over uh all the uh all the topics that we've covered um we'll do same as last week where we'll just kind of get one person's um thoughts on on each thing um so i will come to john first on the arsenal thing and then tom on liverpool uh etc and greg on tottenham so you'll get your own club uh to talk about and i'll try and think of a question uh on the fly uh when we're doing it so i'll start it now Hello and welcome to the social media roundup for BTF55. Uh, first up, we've got United versus Arsenal. This was 1-0 to Arsenal. Uh, John, is Partey the uh, the man that will replace Patrick Vieira finally?
3: He is indeed. Uh, he dominated the midfield. He bodied Pogba. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all looking good at the moment. A uh, great win. We dominated the game and it's good to see Arsenal finally Uh, be a top six club because it's been it's a good few years so um, happy happy days nice
0: Uh, next up we have uh, Liverpool taking a 2-1 win against West Ham coming back from behind um, obviously going through a a rocky spell without uh, Virgil van Dijk at the back but Tom how do you think things are looking uh, for Liverpool at the moment
1: yeah, positive, riding out the riding out this mini crisis, and uh, with Greg Holland's look-alike, not Phillips at the back, uh, the only way is up.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go over to Greg then. Um, who made his return to scoring form in the Premier League?
2: This Donny, the greatest man, ever. <laughs> <laughs> greatest man ever. Once you see those clicks clicking into place, he's going to be back on form uh Tottenham we we didn't play the best football against Brighton but we got the win and a win is a win is a win keep getting those then we're going to do very well this season
0: and uh, lastly on that the big question on everyone's lips is he shorter than he used to be uh quick rip around John <laughs> Internet cut off. There, didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll leave Sorry it at then. that. Then <laughs> you didn't miss anything. Uh, let's go on. Uh, Everton uh, knocked off their perch uh, at the top of the Premier League. Um, Richarlison is expected back. I think in the team this weekend to face Manchester United. Um, is he the missing puzzle piece, or is Hammers more important? And John will come to you for that. Hopefully, you heard me.
3: Yeah, Hammers uh, is is key, but. With then runs in behind creates a lot of space for the team, makes the pitch long, and 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 uh, and I, I just think they need him back badly. Yeah, and our final point in the social media
0: roundup is Chelsea uh, and the run of clean sheets that they're currently on at the moment. Uh, Tom, I'm going to come to you on this one. The question is, who's more important to that Chelsea run of clean sheets? Is it Thiago Silva or is it the new man in goal, Edward Mendy?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's Mendy. Uh, you can see what happens over over at anfield when uh, you put another, when you put a ropey keeper in goal the whole defense goes to pot and totally loses their heads so just getting a getting a safe pair of hands in there has probably been the, the main factor for me
0: nice well that is the social media roundup for btf 55 uh please do check out the entire show uh which is available on youtube and also spotify and all other good podcast providers okay lads well i think that brings us to the end of the show today um it's been another good one we've gone over by a couple minutes this week so every week we're getting closer to hitting it directly on that hour (laughs) limit but we have to gradually bring that time down um greg um always ask you this question for some reason but any big plans for the week other than that thing that's happening on thursday
2: not a fucking thing mate no,
0: nice. Uh, Tom, uh, thoughts on the Atalanta game tomorrow?
1: Yeah, it could be the could be the most difficult one of the three uh, in the group. So uh, yeah, going to need a, another big performance.
0: Yeah, and uh, Johnny Mills plans to post any more thirst traps on Instagram? Any what? <laughs> <laughs> any more <laughs> thirst traps on Instagram? We saw your amazing <laughs> post this week. Great progress. Uh, no, no, no. No, 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 no more. Of those. That was a one-off. That yeah, was a, that was a one-off teaser. Are you hitting the? Uh, you hitting the weights at home?
2: Looking
3: chiseled, no. mate. Just doing it. Yeah, just doing a few, a few workouts. Um, <laughs> you know, just, just, uh, yeah, just, yeah, a few, a few little pieces, bits and pieces. Bits and hey, pieces. looking good, man. I'm looking
0: very good. Uh, all right. Well, that ends. Uh, BTF55. Um, it's been a good show. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, bye, bye. Um, there we Man, go. Man, sorry, lad.